This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. This law is all about Philippians 2.4. Philippians 2.4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. This is a law about caring for another. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. This law, this law is all about seeking the wealth of another. In this picture, the husband's brother unselfishly pours himself into the child that he sired only to have that child be totally named for his brother who's dead. In this picture, we see ourselves. We are the husband's brother. We are the husband's brother. Our brother who died is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the children we pour ourselves into and into raising are baby Christians that we, 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 we may or we may not have led to the Lord. This is all about the duty of a husband's brother to pour himself in to raising children that will be known as the children of his brother. So it's our duty to raise baby Christians and who will be known as the children of our brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as the husband's brother could not raise children for his name because he, he was gone and, and he was, he was gone. And just the husband's brother relied on his brother to raise up children for his name. So the Lord Jesus Christ is gone. And he's now relying on us to raise children in his name. And just as the husband's brother did not take credit for all his work he did in raising up the children for his brother, but the husband's brother just retreated into obscurity and, and let his brother get all the glory for the children. So we don't take credit for all the work that we do to raise up baby Christians. We drop back into the obscurity. We're, when, and back in the obscurity, we, we like say, well, who are you? And he says, well, I'm John the Baptist. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you remember, I'm the one in, who said in John 3.30, John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. I must drop back into the obscurity. Colossians 1.18, Colossians 1.18. In all things, he might have the preeminence. Galatians 2.20, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ. And, and 2 Corinthians 4, 5, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. And then Romans 12, 10, Romans 12, 10, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. And just as this was not about the husband's brother building up his own, own name, but building up his brother's name, so when we pour ourselves up in, into building Christians and pour ourselves into making, making new Christians by evangelism, by, 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 by going all over the U.S., Argentina, Canada, and Israel as part of a summer blitz, we are concerned about building up the name and kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we, when we do that as the, as the husband's brother, we unselfishly pour ourselves into Christians and doing what it says in Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28, 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. In Jeremiah 3.15, Jeremiah 3.15, he says, God says, I'll give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. In Zechariah 11.4, Zechariah 11.4, thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock. In 1 Peter 5.2, 1 Peter 5.2, feed the flock of God. This picture that we have here of the husband's brother pouring himself into raising a child that will not carry his name, that's a picture for us. That's a picture for us. Seeking out another Christian, pouring ourselves into training them for the Lord. That's what we do. This last Thursday, I was manning the booth of my evening shift for the Child Evangelism Fellowship uh, Bible Castle in, in Del Mar Fair. How many have been to the Del Mar Fair and seen the Bible Castle? Okay, so then, then, then if you come on Thursday night, I will, I will, I will call out to you. <laughs> as I do to all the people there. Hey, why don't you come in? Would you like to come in and hear a Bible story? Get your kids to have a Bible story? And most of the people ignore me. They just say, that guy's a kook, you know, just don't talk. Give me your hand, you know. <laughs> and that's what most do. And some, some say, and some say, uh, uh, maybe later, we got to go right now, you know. And, and, then, and then some, and this is the best one, and many people, most of the people I would say do this. They walk by and they say, we're good, we're good. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> because Jesus said, there's none good but one, that's God. You're not good. So, but anyway, that's what happens. But why, why you do that? Why keep calling out? And then after a while, nobody comes anymore after, after about nine o'clock and so forth. So my partner and I, we just sing, we sing. And then people do come around just to see us singing, you know. But anyway, but there are Christians all around us that need feeding. And they need to be fed the word of God. And they need someone to come alongside them and do for them what it says in Deuteronomy 6 about these fathers here with their children, to teach them diligently the word of God, to spend time talking with them, and where we let the Holy Spirit guide the conversation. Spending time walking by the way to hear the concerns, to hear the questions, so we can guide them to the Lord Jesus Christ is the haven of rest for the soul. Just as the husband's brother poured himself into raising this children for the brother. In the same way, when we help the Lord's people, we're doing what the Lord said when he says in Matthew 25, 37, Matthew 25, 37, then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when? 
Saw we thee a hungered, fed thee thirsty, gave thee drink. When saw we thee stranger, took thee in naked, clothed thee. When saw we thee sick in prison, came unto thee. The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. That's what the dead brother would say to his brothers, his brother who raises children, you did it unto me. And just as the just just as the the, the bro, husband's brother served his brother by 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 making this child to carry his brother's name, we do the same when we unselfishly give ourselves to see new second births. And that's a wonderful thing about the CEF booth. There, the children are so receptive. There's many salvations, one adult so far, and children are just wonderful. I love to sit the children down and ask them the first question: Have you ever lied? <laughs> Most of them will go like that. You know, my partner, he said he had one person who said no. And I said, well, tell me that was your first lie. <laughs> but I love the one where the two little kids came in and said, I said to this little girl, have you ever, she came in with her four-year-old brother sitting next to her. Have you ever lied? She goes, he has. <laughs> <laughs> But we, but we serve our we serve our brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pour ourselves in to, to making second births. And we do this through evangelism. And when we do evangelism, we're doing what the Lord said in Matthew 6.33, Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We seek the kingdom of God when we seek to build up the kingdom of God with more souls for the kingdom. This is a law of unselfishness with this third point. That's the third point of this law. It's the law of unselfishness. First point, it's the law of love. Second point, it's the law of duty. Third point, it's the law of unselfishness or selflessness, whatever you like. And so then God made it very clear what the goal is. What's the goal of this? In verse six, verse six, it shall be with the firstborn that she beareth shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. His name be not put out of Israel. God cared about what happened to each man in Israel. God created each man in Israel. God created each man. We're talking about Israel now. And God wanted that person to continue through his children after that person passed away from this earth. Therefore, God said that the goal of this law was that his name be not put out of Israel. And that teaches us a lot about God. That teaches us when we're looking at this law from the point of view of the families in Israel, continuing with the land inheritance that God had given to them when they came into the land, this teaches us much more about God because there are parts of God's creation that, okay, he intended to perish. Okay, the grass, the food, and so forth. But God never intended for a man to perish. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, they put themselves on the path of perishing, but God didn't want that. He didn't want that to happen, so he stepped in to, so they wouldn't perish, and he made a sacrifice of animals for them, and then he clothed them in the skins of those sacrificed animals, and then God told man, if you, you know, he told them, he said, look, if you eat of the fruit, you're gonna die, and, but, then he, but that was a mercy of God, because death was man's escape from his sinfulness. It was his escape hatch, and, and then the greatest danger that really got God riled up was he said, oh no, don't let them eat of the tree of life now. 
No, because if they lead the tree of life, they'll live forever in their fallen sinful state like Satan and the demons. We've got to keep that escape hatch out of that submarine open. Don't seal it off by letting them eat the tree of life. So to keep them from eating the tree of life, God drove man out of the garden and assigned two, assigned angels there with flaming swords. You keep them from the tree of life. And God did that because God did not want man to perish. He wanted man to die so that he could have the escape hatch out of the submarine to be resurrected to life. And every person today who dies, he only dies in one of two states, one of two states, one of two ways, described by the Lord Jesus in John 8, 24. John 8, 24. I said, therefore, unto you that you shall, and here's the first state, die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. In that verse, when the Lord Jesus was speaking to his enemies, he warned them, you are in danger of dying in your sins. If you don't use that escape hatch, well, they will, the, 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 forget that part. No, they got confused. Anyway, they, he warned that you're going to be in danger of dying in your sins. For a person to die in their sins means that he will be cast into hell. And that's described in, eight, in, in Matthew 8.12 as a place where, where people are cast into hell. Matthew 8.12, where they say they are cast out into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's a place of outer darkness. It's a place that's reserved for those who perish in, in Jude 1.13, Jude 1.13, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. It's a place of suffering, described as a place of wailing and of, and of, and of anguish, a, 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 a place of pain, described as wailing, and a place of anguish, described as grinding the teeth, gnashing of teeth, in Matthew 13.42, Matthew 13.42 shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Many people today, they hope, they, they join the group in, in Revelation that say, the rocks fall on us and make us die. They hope they're gonna just perish in annihilation where they'll cease to exist. But people cannot wail and grind their teeth if they cease to exist. And God doesn't want anybody to perish that way. So God wants everybody to not die in their sins, to, 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 to be saved from their sins. He wants everybody to be saved from their sins. You know, I was trying to bring home to the, to the, to the kids, when you got the picture of the Lord dying on the cross, of what it means that he died for your sins. So I, I said, you know, have you ever seen those grocery receipts? I said to the kids, you ever seen those grocery receipts? Well, then mom had one in her purse and she gave it to me. That was great. And I said, okay, you see kids, now look, this grocery receipt here, I said, uh, you just hold this in your hand here. And the little kid holds it. I said, you see on the grocery seat, it says item by item by item by item. And then there's a price by each one. Of course, they all knew that. And then there's a total at the bottom. I said, this, this grocery receipt is like your, your list of sins. Lying and cheating and fighting and not obeying your parents. And by each one of those, there's a price over here. Cast into hell, cast into hell, cast into hell, cast into hell. And the total is cast into hell. And, and I said, that's a pretty bad thing when you're holding that, isn't it? That's terrible. You're in your sins. Now look at the Lord. He's here on the cross. And you know what he's saying to you? Give me that receipt. Give me that receipt. And I took it from their hand. And I said, here, I paid for it all now. You don't even see it anymore. It's all gone. 
See, and that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to save everybody from their sins. And so he doesn't want anybody to perish. So he says in, first, in 2 Peter 3, 9, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as son man counts slackness, but as long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. That means not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will is that no one perishes. No one perishes. Therefore, it, it, it's a breath of fresh air when you read something like 1 Timothy 2.4 in our day. 1 Timothy 2.4 that says that all, that who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's a breath of fresh air in a day when there is this false teaching that impugns the character of God like he's some kind of a Gestapo that's sitting there where the Jews are coming in one line and he's saying, you on the right to heaven and you on the left to hell. I have decided. The false doctrine of predestination as to who is saved and who is not saved. Where God says in 1 Timothy 2.4, he will have all men to be saved. Therefore, God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ died for the sins of all men as it says in 1 John 2.2, 1 John 2.2. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He died for the sins of the whole world. And when John the Baptist saw him in that momentous occasion in John 1.29, John 1.29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. He'll take each one of your receipts. He'll take each one of your receipts that you can't pay for, and he'll take it and he'll say, give me that. I'm gonna destroy it, and now I'm gonna give you another one that says all your sins were paid in full, and now you have the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. And if a person doesn't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the great I am or God Almighty, then that person will tragically will catastrophically, will unnecessarily die in his sins and perish, from, and perish from memory into a place of outer darkness, but not perish from suffering and anguish. And the only way for a person to, 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 to die, and not in their sins, is what a, must person, a person must do, must do. First, believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, Believe that he is the great I am. And again, that he died for our sins, that he was raised for our sins. Second, to confess the Lord Jesus, uh, to confess to the Lord Jesus that I am a DRS, dirty, rotten sinner. Not a good sinner, but a dirty, the dirty, rotten kind. And third, to call on the name, to call on the name of the Lord Jesus to forgive and take away the sins. That's very important to God because God does not want any person to perish and this is what is seen in, in verse six here of Deuteronomy 25, that his name be not put out in Israel. The fourth point about this law is that this was a law of preservation, preservation. Now, since that, since, since, since that was God's law, some might think that, that, well, okay, then the man is forced to marry the widow. No, no. There's specific provision here. A provision, notice what it says in verses seven and eight. If the man like not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate and, and, and we're not gonna 
and, and, and go up to and say, my, brother's, my husband's brother refuses to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then, then the elders of his city shall call him and speak unto him, and if you stand to it and say, I like not to take her. Now, this law it was no different from all of God's laws because all of God's laws, along with this one, is based on choice. It's based on choice. And if the man did not choose to take his brother's wife, the man was not forced to take his brother's wife. It was all a matter of his choice. And if the man chose not to take his brother's wife, then we see how God provided for persuasion. Persuasion. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow night when my, my lost Israeli friend comes over for dinner. Persuasion where the elders of the city would call him and speak with him, not pound on him, but speak with him, listen to him, reason with him, this persuasion, and try to persuade him to change his decision. But in the end, in the end, if the person stood to his choice and stated clearly that he refused to take his brother's widow for his wife, then there was this confirmation step with the shoe and the spitting in the face and so forth. And that was tragic. That was tragic for him, but he was free to make that tragic decision. And God honors the choice of men. God honors that. And if a man, and man, he chooses, he alone chooses whether or not he's going to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and become a child of God. And man alone makes that decision. No one makes that decision for man. Another person doesn't make that decision for man. God does not make that decision for man. As I mentioned, God does not predestinate, predetermine, or elect who will make that decision. That's totally up to the man. That's just as the song says, what will you do with Jesus? What will your answer be? Neutral, you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? But just as the elders came in to try and persuade the brother to not make this wrong decision, that's what we do. That's our job. Color us persuaders. Because we try to persuade people to choose the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the end, honor their decision. God does. And the whole custom with the shoe, etc., was really all boiled down to, are you sure? Are you sure? And this is the fifth point, the fifth and last point, about this law. It was a law of choice. It was a law of choice. So let's take to heart these lessons from this, from the, from, from uh, lessons of the gospel, from the gospel, according to Moses in Deuteronomy 25, where we have seen that this law is like the gospel in that, first of all, it's a law of love. We must love the sinner. We must love those we pour ourselves into. Second of all, it was a law of duty. We have a duty to preach the gospel. We just sung it. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a duty. Third, it's a law of, of, of selflessness or unselfishness. To preach the gospel requires selflessness. And fourth, it's a law of preservation. And in the gospel, we are trying to see sinners not perish. We are trying to see them be preserved to eternal life. And fifth, this was a law of choice. And in the gospel, it's all based on the choice of the sinner. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much.
for being good, just so good. Lord, where you, where you, you just give and give, and then you want to give more, and it seems like the more you give, the happier you get. And so we thank you, Lord, for your character tonight, and help us, Lord, to be obedient to the spirit of this law. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.